Good morning, everyone. This is Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester, and uh, very happy to be back. And I want to thank uh, all of you uh, listeners uh, that have listened in the last uh, uh, two weeks, and now today uh, we have a very um, <clears throat> intriguing subject to bring to you today uh, that should uh, uh, have quite a good effect on you. Uh, when uh, we get into it, it's about um, mind images that have imprisoned the world. And uh, we don't want to miss that. I want to say just a couple things. After the message, I will be uh, getting into the um, Gentile uh, healing uh, ministry. And uh, I will um, be involved in um, uh, trying to uh, bring forth... Uh, you know, the things that are pertinent to what I feel by the Spirit uh, that your needs are who are out there listening. Uh, I can't cover everything because today we're going to emphasize on removing uh, hurtful images and blind spots from people's minds. And we're going to attempt to do this uh, in a massive type of way over the um, th this uh, broadcast. Now, uh, <clears throat> Uh, I am uh, getting uh, information from different ones that uh, that there are even uh, groups that are meeting, and sometimes where while it may only show uh, a, a viewer, there can be you know uh, a good group uh, at that viewer's home uh, listening uh, to this message. So I do thank God for uh, how this is uh, growing. And the interest is uh, mounting uh, because I believe uh, God has a plan for this right now. And, and there are a lot of people that need uh, this word deliverance. And there are a lot of people that need uh, the healing deliverance. So uh, we, want to, we want to be there for the people. We want to help them. Uh, we want to stand in the gap. Um, <clears throat> we want to report that uh, there are a tremendous uh, number of uh, people that are replying um, that have um, uh, called or written uh, an email uh, d telling about uh, their healings. And there have absolutely been some uh, sensational healings uh, that uh, is in uh, a testimonial process of being told um, uh, that people are just absolutely uh, just they're excited about and they have felt these healings and it has affected their lives in profound ways uh, we cannot take any credit whatsoever for that uh, does credit does not belong to any man uh, it belongs uh, to, to uh, the Lord and uh, we will always give the Lord the credit uh, because that is the most proper and important thing that we can do Okay, so if you are ready, I am ready, <clears throat> and we're going to start um, on this message, uh, Mind Images That Have Imprisoned the World. What a subject, and what an important subject, because, you know, you can't even love if you don't have control of your mind, if your mind cannot remember one person from another, if your mind cannot remember... Uh, the incidents of love, uh, cannot remember uh, the deep emotional connections and linkings of love, uh, then it's very difficult 
to say you love anybody. So uh, it's very important that the mind is in a spiritual, healthful, and natural, proper uh, equilibrium. And we want to help people get into that equilibrium. Sometimes on a computer, you get so much information that you have to uh, either take some of it off and put it in reserve or just some of it is just information that is, uh, you know, not necessary. It's just sort of like passing tones in music. Uh, it's to get you from one place to another, uh, but it isn't uh, really uh, the most important part of the melody. Uh, there are things that uh, uh, we need to understand that get cluttered up in the brain, hurts, feelings, angers, resentments, uh, that uh, end up uh, causing internal stress that people are not even aware of, that affect the subconscious mind. And those things need to be removed. They need to be taken out of the way. They're roadblocks. Uh, we need to, to remove those barriers. And that's what we're after today. The uh, cleaner mind that you have, uh, as far as being free and dispersed from all of the disinformation that uh, can be put in there, the, the clutter that can be put in there, the, the closer you will be to that uh, mental state of being able to hear what the Word of God says. That's why Jesus said, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Now, that's quite an uh, ironic statement because uh, probably uh, near 100% of all the multitudes that followed him and listened to him all had physical ears. And, uh, and But Jesus, of course, we understand, was saying something quite deep and quite uh, more parable than uh, just talking about physical ears. It's talking about, uh, you know, um, like in Corinthians it says, uh, that uh, the the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard. Uh, it talks about the wisdom that that uh, of the world, but, but but the spiritual wisdom that the world does not have. And then it goes on to say that, but uh, those people that are deep into the word, and I'm paraphrasing it, uh, they have they have come into the hearing, they have come into the seeing. So that's what this is about today, bringing people into that that hearing that is, is a hearing beyond uh, just our physical attributes. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So, the revelation um, of how destinies um, uh, are veered and uh, how that people uh, think uh, and interpret what they uh, are hearing and, and uh, what they are reading uh, is, is a major thing that we want to deal with. Um, also, how um, lives are, are deferred from the truth uh, by subliminal and massive deceptions that uh, are being broadcast out there in uh, the uh, real world. Uh, not real in the sense of spirituality, but real in the sense of the physical uh, and psychological effects that it has. And these massive deceptions that that are being uh, propagated over and over and over uh, are being um, imaged uh, to the public, and they end up coming out much differently as a message of implant to the brain 
than uh, people would even imagine to expect. So it is a very important thing that we understand this, this message. Now, we're talking about images. Let's first get it straight that uh, Jesus Christ is the superior of all images of God. And uh, Colossians 1.15 says Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. We're going to talk about that. And uh, in uh, Hebrews 1.3, it uh, explains that he's, he's the expressed image of God's person. Um, I, I want to say this, that people have not understood this thing about the invisible God. They have not understood it. They have not understood that this is something that God wants us to know. Uh, I have heard it taught in... Um, many of the ancient type of um, of religions, how that um, uh, that we can never uh, get to know the invisible God. We can never get to understand. We can never get to have an uh, affiliation of, uh, of uh, intelligence with uh, the um, invisible God. Uh, of course, they are totally missing the scriptures and totally missing the fact that that uh, Jesus in the flesh is a represent, representative and proxy of the invisible God, and he he is the image of the invisible God. So, in order to see and understand the invisible God, we have to see in Jesus Christ the image part that is being uh, depicted of the invisible God. Now, for sure, one of the attributes of the invisible God is love. God is love, the Bible says. Not God just has love. God is love. So, in Jesus Christ, uh, we see the image of the invisible God when we come to understanding the love of God that is, that is um, uh, displayed in his actions and in his ways of conducting his ministry. Uh, we also get into that scripture in Hebrew 1.3 uh, where it speaks of, of Jesus Christ being the express image of God's person. Uh, I like to put an ED on that, expressed image of God's person. Um, this is communication. This is dialogue. This is um, a, a, a medium of being able to touch the invisible uh, through the, um, the physical of the word that was made flesh. <clears throat> Excuse me again. So, this idea of not being able to communicate with the God of all gods um, is, is incorrect. Because people that are saying that do not understand the mediumship uh, of, of the flesh, the word made flesh, uh, that was materialized and spiritualized uh, in Jesus Christ in his ministry. And that is still going on. It's a continuum. Because he said, greater works than these will you do. Meaning that this revelation will get deeper and deeper and deeper. When different individuals were questioning him and asking uh, things of his wisdom, uh, he said, well, you just don't understand the deep things of God. They're too profound for how that you are organizing your thoughts and receiving your thoughts. But I'll tell you this. 
that no one has, no one will ascend to heaven who has not descended from heaven, even the Son of Man, who is in heaven. So he was saying, here I am, standing on the earth in the flesh, but I am also in another place. I'm also in heaven. Um, we, we begin to understand this when we come into the understanding, even in atomic uh, physics, how that they are now disco discovering um, in this um, scientific um, theorem called entanglement that uh, two things, like two atoms, which are exactly alike, uh, can be at opposite ends of the universe. And when something affects the one, it will affect the other, even though it is universes away. <clears throat> we understand this, and it's very interesting. We understand that that, uh, that that could be true because Jesus said, you know, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So there is that incredible uh, revelation that the uh, scientists have found uh, long, long, long after it was already revealed in the Bible, if they had only been able to interpret it and, and to break it out on the different levels of understanding. And that's why in the Bible Jesus teaches the 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold. <clears throat> so then, um, it is um, vastly interesting, it is superiorly interesting, and it is excitingly interesting, all these things that are God. So we can believe that the invisible God can be manifested to us through mediumship. And we have Jesus Christ as being the image, and then we have the word of the Bible that we are to take on the image of Christ. We are to become uh, represent, representatives, ambassadors, uh, speaking as a proxy for Christ. And in that sense, Jesus said, okay, look, I'm casting out demons. I want you to go out and cast out demons. I'm uh, healing the sick. I want you to go out and heal the sick. I'm forgiving the sinner. I want you to go out and forgive the sinner. That's all Bible, folks. And if you don't know that, it's because you haven't done enough reading. It is definitely in there. And I can't take the time to, to quote every single scripture. But these things are important for you to look up if you have any questions. Uh, so <clears throat> now we know then that Jesus Christ uh, be in the image of the invisible God and the person who is expressing the image of the, uh, of the God person um, has passed that job onto us. And so we have a personal um, word from, from the Bible, a personal word from God uh, through Jesus Christ uh, that this communication, this dialogue, uh, this um, linking... It's all part of the plan of God. And as you will see as we get later into this uh, 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 revelation, and uh, I begin to get it, start off with the scripture going from Genesis through Revelation, uh, just uh, skipping over for these subjects, uh, how that uh, some of this so uh, tightly uh, is bonded together. Now, <clears throat> there's another scripture in Hebrew 10.1, and it says, The law having a shadow of good things to come, but not the very image of the good things. And I think that people get very, very confused sometimes as to what is an image, and they turn those things that are not really Im images, never intended to be images, into images in the mind. 
and those images become roadblocks, blind spots, and indifferentiations to what the ultimate uh, plan of God um, was intended uh, to reveal and to be. And we see that uh, those those type of things that people may be uh, equating as uh, images of importance and putting them in their minds as images of, of importance, uh, even something as high a priority as law, um, are only shadows. They are only shadows of the things to come, only shadows about the spirituality, only shadows about reality. And they are not the very, the very image of the good things. What are we interested in in alleviating people of these false images that are in their in their minds, uh, of these uh, images that have imprisoned uh, them? We are Im- we are interested in them coming uh, to the very image of the good things, to the very images of truth, to the very images of God, to the very images of of uh, destiny, and the very images of reality. Now. There are many, many things that go along with this. And there are people that are so confused in the timing issues. They, under, they, they don't understand the dividing of the times. They don't understand the times, times, and the half times. Uh, they don't understand the real applications of that. Jesus did say one time that it was very important to read and to understand the abomination that makes it desolate written in the book of Daniel. And the times, times, and half time is all part of that revelation. And Jesus himself has verbally spoken and said, and it's been recorded, that it's important for us to know and to understand uh, those kind of revelation uh, statements that were given many years ago. Now, we people are big on the subject of the Antichrist. Oh, the Antichrist! The Antichrist is is here. The Antichrist is coming. Um, I propose at some po- uh, point to make available a list. I did not make up this list. It was something available on the internet that someone sent to me. But it is a long, long list of famous um, uh, priests, ministers, um, evangelists. Uh, writers, uh, uh, various kinds of well-known people that have made predictions about uh, the Antichrist and who was the Antichrist and have made predictions about the end of the world and, and uh, uh, that it was just about uh, going to happen in a matter of a short time. Uh, this includes religious groups. And all of these people on this entire list, which is pages and pages and pages long, are all people who preached and taught the people that those subjects of the Antichrist in the world was right at the door and was getting ready to happen. Now, I said that I don't found on the, on the desk, but I just noticed that I was moving my hand up and down <laughs> and sort of pounding on, on my paperwork here. So uh, I have to make sure I'm telling the truth. Anyway, uh, what I want to say is that that um, uh, there is a lot of that out there that has happened throughout the course of uh, Christianity and throughout the course of, of religion, religions, and uh, it is still happening today. Uh, that doesn't mean we discount everything we hear or everything that anybody says, but, you know, uh, we have to really be responsible that the word that people are predicting does line up. 
And when the Bible says that no man knows the day or the hour of certain things, uh, then we have to understand that for that person to know it, they must have ceased to be man uh, or something of that nature in order to get over the abode. They're still doing all the same physical man, humankind type of things. Uh, then uh, they're they're out of character. They're out of uh, of the uh, advice uh, that was given and the the statement that was given in the Bible. So we have to understand when people step out of that, watch out. Now, in the Bible, it says um, on the subject of Antichrist, even now, there are many Antichrists. That's way, way, way back there in the days of Peter. Even now, many Antichrists. Let's get this straight. There will always be, from the time of Christ, even before the time of Christ, there will always be many Antichrists. And someone said, yeah, well, that could be, but... You know, there's this image of the beast. There's this beast. Hey, it is the same idea. There, there are, there are many uh, operations of this same beast that the dragon gives the power to it to speak, and and I think that some of these uh, images uh, that have have captivated people's minds that are full of disinformation. I think some of these images that have imprisoned minds uh, is, a, is, is, you know, definitely uh, um, uh, a subconscious type of um, rising of this same beast uh, that it speaks of in the, in the book of uh, Revelation. Uh, I think we can say, along with there being many antichrists even now, there are many beasts even now. And we understand there is a superior antichrist that will rise, a superior beast that will rise in the sense of his total uh, capabilities to perform iniquity. We're not discounting that. But we're also saying that every generation is going to get their experience of the Antichrist and their experience of the beast. And it's not going to just happen at some small dot in time and no one else has ever had the experience of, of, of being tested or relating to it. So let's get that straight. That's how it happens in 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 the 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 turning of the of the world and and the making of uh, real things that happen. Now um, let's uh, just move on to some more uh, information here that is important on this subject of the mind images that have uh, uh, imprisoned the world. Um, I've um, uh, made a list, and I'm going to go through that list in a little bit because I think it's uh, very, very important. Uh, we want to talk about how the world, which we're referring to people also in that, of course, and mostly in that, how the world locks um, out things, how the world looks at things, and uh, how that those um, accumulations of thoughts uh, become guideposts uh, that are saturated uh, with information uh, causing passions, uh, intercessions, uh, and interactions. And when that uh, um, information is disinformation, incorrect false information, then it is going to affect uh, the passions, the intercessions, and the interactions. So, um, uh, as it is said <clears throat> in the scientific world, um, that the electric force diminishes in proportion to distance squared, I think we might say that um, we could apply this law uh, uh, to the diminishing of reason, 
that that uh, when we get into that same kind of of uh, mathematical equation and we apply it logistically to reason, uh, there is the, the diminishing that then takes place of uh, of real truth, and it is substituted uh, for false ideas, um, of false insinuations. And, and uh, critical judgment and all those things that go along with this information. So I think, uh, you know, it's really important to understand that. Okay, here we go. Images that have imprisoned the world. Um, I'm going to put down as number one, the images of mental construction that place restrictions and limits to hope. I think that is one of the most dastardly abominable and human prospective future destructive things that a person could ever have in their life. Images of mental constructions that place restrictions and limits to hope. There are things like self-condemnation, fear of failure, Fear of the unknown, fear of circumstances, fear of other persons and other things, and even fear of oneself. Those are just a few of the things that could be mentioned. There's people that are afraid every day of their life that something will happen to one of their loved ones. And I think there is a beauty in that, but I do think that there is an answer to it. I think the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. So anything that has a root to it, that is fear, really, according to the Bible, needs to be cast out. And perfect love does that. If your life is made up and sewed and intertwined in, with all kinds of fears that bubble and exercise those thoughts within the parameter and constitution of your uh, human self, then you're missing something in your, in your life. And you may think you're not missing this substance, but you are. You're missing love, because if you had it the way you're supposed to have it and could have it, all fear would be cast out. Because it's an incompatible substance, and it's like matter and antimatter. They cannot abide on the same ground or in the, in the same plane. A certain amount of love can tolerate fear, but not perfect love. And that's what we like to deal with in the Manifest Truths. There is that eccentric social criticism that lives constantly in the trenches of, of the condemnation of most everything and spreads like a disease. There are so many people that are sick with this disease. When they open their mouth, they're full of criticism. They're full of judgment. And I'll tell you today, there are millions of people like that on this planet. They are sick with judgment, sick with condemnation, and they don't even know it. 
I have found that the people who get into this criticism and judgment are frequently people that think that being able to make those judgments and criticisms is a sign of their intelligence. And they really believe that they are so smart and so intelligent to have discerned those judgments and discerned those criticisms that they are making. But I'll tell you something that is far removed from the intent and the plan of God. And unless you have specifically been chosen of God for a, for a specific a thing that has to do with, with bringing the message to um, discern and warn people of particular things, uh, watch out. You are stepping on dangerous territory. So we've got to deal with this entrenchment of condemnation that has people wrapped up and bound in a prison so that they are looking at practically everything. And this, this condemnation and, and this criticism is like a disease in them that needs to be healed. I've found that people that are critical, they cannot, they cannot help but many times criticize their own marriage partners and their own friends and their own family. It's just such a disease in them that it comes out. And sometimes a man or a woman, a married man or woman, will do their criticisms to their mate uh, in what they say, oh, that's just fun, I'm just having fun, I'm just teasing. But I've always taught in marriage counseling that you never joke about or make fun of teasingly when it has to do with your mate and your family. That's not something you ever criticize or ju make judgments in fun. And when you do that, it's just because that spirit of judging is spelling out of you and it's coming back on you and being released even into your own environment and against your own loved ones. And you because you have a disease, are not able to stop it. My God, but do you need images removed out of your brain today? My God, man, my God, woman, my God, youngster, do you ever need this message to be released out of that prison today? The accumulation of disinformation to the mind that brain captures apparent trends of thinking that everything is good is in a decline. Oh, do we ever have this eruption taking place today? Millions of people that live in that idea and that follow that apparent trend of thinking that everything that was good or that is now good is all headed toward a decline. When you agree to that kind of thinking, 
you do so against the authority of God and the word of God and the revelation of God. Because you take away from the word of God, the spirit of God, and the love of God, its ability to give you power to overcome all things, to protect you against all things, and to promote you in any kind of circumstances, even a fiery furnace or a lion's den, even a war where thousands of arrows are falling on the left and the right but do not come nigh to you. You take that away. You strike out the power of the Bible. You strike out the words of Jesus Christ. You strike out the God-given kingdom of God that lives within you and strives to promote a consciousness in you, a consciousness of God, and help you to be linked and to communicate and to be exhorted by the invisible God through Jesus Christ and through those who are the representatives of Jesus. I am against that culmination of disinformation. I am against that trend. And I intend to stand up against it. And I may step on some people's toes. There may be some people that don't want me to preach these things. Because it goes against their theology. But you might as well understand... This word is like a fire shut up in my bones that refuses to be locked in. It is breaking out of any of those kind of barricades that people try to put on a person. It is fire storming through my veins. And it is going out into the world. This may be a humble start, but there's something about the multiplication of God where one shall lead a thousand and one shall be able to overcome a thousand. That ratio, when you put it into a component, it begins to multiply so vast and to exonerate that truth so greatly that soon it steps out of mathematical bounds and only from glory to glory can you understand it in verbalization. Then, another point that I put down as one of the images that imprison the world is the crystallization and the bonding to ideas of rejection to change. The idea that if anything changes, that it's got to be bad. If you believe that kind of a philosophy, you do not understand the Word of God. The Bible speaks of being changed from the creature we are. The Bible speaks of being changed from glory to glory. It is all throughout the Bible. It is part of the prophecy of the Bible. Of course, you might say, yeah, but I'm not referring to religious things or spiritual things. I'm referring to, you know, what is going on in the social systems of the world and, and the physical way that people live now as compared to how they used to live. You do not know 
for certain by any means, and probably not even by close approximation, that what you are looking at is a kind of metamorphosis that looks quite nutty and has this nutty side, but that actually is part of a plan to change the world into another type of situation and social aspect of thinking in preparatory for future things that are coming that either has to do with the eradication of evil or the justification of people's errors and the overall forgiveness of many of the people's actions. You do not know that it is not that. You do not know that God is not by his angels steering a destiny so that people in spite of themselves because of the soul that they have are being steered through the tunnel of human agony through mazes of fields where destruction is through mazes of constructions where undermining and distrust of one another breeds like Bermuda grass. You do not know that. You do not know that. Therefore, you need to back off, brother and sister, ladies and gentlemen. You need to concentrate on the Word of God that heals, that loves, that can change things from the worst to the better, that can promote issues of healing, issues of deliverance from death. Jesus made it clear in his teachings that there have been earthquakes and disruptions on the earth from the beginning of time. He made it clear you'll always have the poor with you. He made it clear that when he's talking about earthquakes and all these diminishing kind of things that are part of the (coughs) literal exercise and function of the environ, that there's going to be cycles, sometimes increase, sometimes decrease. And he said, this is not the end. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. But you've got preachers all over the world not paying any attention to that scripture and going out everywhere and getting on the radio, writing books. This is the end. This is the end. Watch out for 2012. In December, it's all over. Jesus comes and the world's left in ashes. Don't you believe that bunk for one instance? Those Mayan prophecies were made by people that practiced despicable things. 
Why would you be so fast and so anxious to believe prophecies that were made by people? Yes, they had some intellect. But they have found such despicable things. Tens of thousands of people, babies, all kinds of persons that were tortured and sacrificed to their gods in despicable ways. One such instance, it was so bad and so rude that they buried it back in the ground even though it was an archaeological find. Why would you want to believe a prophecy or introduce a prophecy by your interpretation and calendar it as being a true fact that was made and given by such brutal people that lived and that made that prophecy. Not me. I will not accept that. People who go out there and accept that kind of a word and then not listen to the prophecies of the word of the God of the, of the truth of the Bible, of the, uh, the wonderful love of Jesus Christ. Those are images, people. There are images that will destroy your peace. And that is the thing that's going on in the world today. The destruction of peace. The images in the minds that are removing peace from the lives and the hearts of individuals. And has imprisoned individuals. And much of it is done in the name of religion. And much of it is caused by people who preach, teach, and write these things. Listen to me, you people out there that do that. I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ that you lay down those kind of, of false ideas and that you get on your knees and you pray to Jesus Christ to give you the peace and the love of God and that you practice the peace and love of God, that you, that you work for the, the healing of God's people. You don't put it at the tail end of your ministry. You put it at the forefront of your ministry. The misinterpretation of the Bible and the misinterpretation of many things <clears throat> I attribute to being the contribution of many of the images that have imprisoned the world. Those images need to be removed from the minds of the people. <clears throat> In Genesis 1.26, it says, Let us make man in our image, in the image of God, or the gods, however you want to interpret Elohim. Create it, he them, or they them, mankind. So, what's going on here with this scripture? Humankind are to be made in the image of God. And even the Elohim, the angels, they only came as representatives. They didn't come as images of their own kind. All of the angels, seraphim, cherubim, ophanim, 
came to represent the invisible God. Jesus came to represent in his flesh the invisible God. And the first message to us is that the image is a prophecy, it's, it's, it's a plan. The plan that God had to make us was to bring us ultimately into the likeness of the invisible God. And we can begin that by the birth of consciousness. We know that for millions of years <clears throat> there were animal type of humans that lived on this planet. The Bible tells us about them. The Pison, the Gaihan, the Hedekel, the Euphrates people, which were called waters, which is a natural interpretation for human beings. 17th chapter of Revelation says that waters, and this was interpreted by an angel, that waters represent people, nations, kindreds, and tongues. As we come, become, uh, begin to understand this and be fed by these springs of eternal revelation, we begin to understand the whole meaning of, of getting into the image of God is to go through Christ who was the image of the invisible God and the express image of his person. And that's where the journey is leading us. And to get there, we must start with coming into the consciousness of the spirit soul and the consciousness of who this invisible God is. <clears throat> Excuse me. The law in the, in the Bible that was given to Moses said, don't make graven images. Don't worship and fall down to, to these things. Why did it say that? Because graven images are, are dead images. They have no life. They don't respond. They don't talk. They don't communicate. They have no wisdom. They have no knowledge. They're dead. And people make images that are dead. And, and begin to worship and believe in those images. <clears throat> Changing the things of God to things that are dead. You might think that that law is just for a paganistic time. That law still works for today, even though we are not under the law. Because those that are really graduated are above the, that kind of law. But it still has a sensical aspect. That if we make a God, if we take information and make that information so important that we worship that kind of knowledge not even knowing or understanding that that information is disinformation, it's false information, then, ladies and gentlemen, those people are guilty of, of worshipping idols. They're, they're guilty of worshipping images that have no life to heal, no life to love, 
no life to emphasize and reveal the invisible God. That was the greatest, most wonderful thing that could have ever been said. Let's, let's make man in our image. Let's give him, by this prophecy, by this plan, a road, a method, a way, a faith that will lead him to an eternal justification and an eternal life, a tree of life, a garden of life. Sadly, sadly, the world is impressed and imprisoned with graven dead images. And that is very sad. <clears throat> Back in those days, there were those, I suppose, that had images that they felt were of a higher authority and that should be all right in the eyes of God, called the teraphim image. And what these images were, were actually images <clears throat> of ancestors, family images, father images. And people began to worship them. Just like they began to worship the image of the seraphim and the, the, the snake that was put on a pole and raised to deliver them from snake bites. And that's another message I don't have time for this morning. And there's a lot of that still going on. That's the whole idea of the mafia. <laughs> The father figure. Nothing wrong with the father unless you make that father be God because there's only one father God that we pray to. And so there are people today that are in that mentality of ancestral worship. Worshiping people in their family and putting that before God, putting that before the things of, of truth. When Jesus said, you know, you must not love your mother, your father, or your brother or sister. When he said, you must hate, that's a bad translation. You must love less, is the correct MIV translation. You must love less your mother, your father, your brother, your sister. Then you love God. God must be first place. You must love God above all other humans. But there are a lot of people that are bound in that teraphim image. They're still into ancestral and family relational worship. And it also has gripped them with fear because they're so afraid that one of those family entities will be taken from them or, or will die or will get sick 
And, and there's not anything wrong with being concerned for people's health and life. But not to the point that you no longer have faith or trust in God. And not to the point that you're not seeking that perfect love that will cast out all fear and that will absolve you from being into that teraphim imaging of the ancestral worship kind of thing. God wants to set you free from that. And that's why today we're going to have this service for removing images from the, from the brain. Now in the days of uh, Daniel, um, Daniel 3, 5, there was a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. And he set up the golden image. And of course, his whole world was all part of the Babylonian concept. And this golden image, you could say, represents financial assets of general and specific wealth. And there's a lot of people today that are bound. They are in a prison with worshiping this golden image. This Babylonian system wasn't just way, way, way back when. The system of of the towers, the systems of kings. <laughs> it's just like the Antichrist. Even now there are many of them. It's just like the beast. Even now there are many of them. Even now this system of Babylon is all over the world. That's why in the book of Revelations it, it shows that the, the the system of Babylon was still alive and doing well, quite involved with commerce. It may have been wiped out of one field, but then it just moved to another field. It may have been wiped out for a while on one nation, it just moved to another nation. It's like a traveling disease. The golden image is still around, and people are still worshiping it. And God is looking for Daniels, and for Shadrachs, Meshach, and Abednegoes, who are not afraid to face the fiery furnace, who are not afraid to face the lion's den, but who refuse to worship the golden image, which is all part of the Babylonian system that has been around since almost the beginning of time. It started with Cain, and, and it's gone on, and it's still around today. I think a horrible image that is in people's mind is their belief that it is not possible and therefore their failure to worship and believe in the invisible God. Their, in, their seemingly incapability to be able to translate, transfigure, and transcendentalize the invisible God to take the, the zero and to take the one and put it into a, a multipleness of consciousness, of the many of one potentials. Check that out in Colossians 
The world is full of people with those kind of images. And it's serious. To be able to translate, to be able to transfigure, to be able to transcendentalize, to be able to enter into revelation, to open the seals, is absolutely part of the plan of God to bring us into the image of God. And to set us free from being in the prison of human anatomy that is like an octopus around us, growing in fleshly ideas and fleshly attributes, and trying to make that the only world that there is. And so here we are, without understanding the importance of that revelation. Now let's go on to another one that's important. And that is found in Revelations 20, uh, pardon me, Matthew 22, verses 19 through 21. And this is when they came to Jesus and they said, they brought this penny and they said, um, you know, uh, should we pay tribute to Caesar? And Jesus said, well, uh, bring me a coin. And uh, whose image and superscription is on this? And they said, why, that's Caesar. And Jesus said, well, then render to Caesar what is Caesar, but render to God what is God's. Now, I think that this inability and this failure to render and to understand the reasonableness and the necessity of and the practicality of and the spirituality of rendering is a prop that helps keep the false images in people's minds and prevents them from being set free from those images. Actually, the Bible says, if something belongs to, to Caesar, render it. You people that try to get around to spiritually not paying your taxes, spiritually not supporting your community or your government, you definitely aren't that close to the way Jesus thought. Your idea is if people don't believe like you, assassinate them, get a mob together, create a revolution, and destroy them. You do not belong to the mind of Christ. You are in darkness. And I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ that God set you free from your demons. Someone might say, I never heard this side of you before. Well, this is part of the four square revelation of Jerusalem. There's three gates on each side of each square. That's the geometry of it and the reality of it. Some gates are glorious gates. But there's some gates that is used to 
take out the trash and the debris. Some days you have to use those gates. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, this thing in rendering is so powerful. You have the right to render these things. You have the right to at least render them audibly. In the sense not of sound, but in the sense of mental audiation. In the sense of audibly that you hear in your own mind saying, I render this to Jesus Christ. But everything out there doesn't necessarily get rendered to Jesus Christ or to God. There are some things that need to be rendered to Caesar that belong to the world. God doesn't want those. Some things you need to render to the world. Let the army of Caesar take care of the army of Caesar. Let them go out and control the mobs. Don't you try to get out there and control them. Because what will happen to you, the same thing happened to Josiah. Josiah. He decided he'd try to handle the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh didn't even want war with him. And he was a very deeply spiritual man. He went out and he fought and died. He needed to have just rendered that to God and then rendered what the Pharaoh was doing to what the Pharaoh was going to do and not try to go out there and interfere with the business of the, of the Pharaoh inasmuch as the Pharaoh wasn't coming against his, his, his land, coming against his city, coming against his government. Just render it to the Pharaoh. Let him go do his thing. Don't try to go out there and be a policeman. Don't try to go out there and be an army. Don't try and go out there to be the solution. Your job is to pray for world peace. Your job is to pray for world healing. Your job is to pray for world salvation. Your job is to pray for the world love of God. That's such a full-time job. Why do you think you have time to go out there and fight the pharaohs and the armies of Babylon... Don't you understand that in the original intent of sending the children of Israel to the land of Canaan, it was originally intended that the, that the angels would go before them. It was not originally intended for them to have to arm themselves and fight. It was originally intended that the angels would stir up bees and hornets and all kinds of germs and those germs would go out to destroy the enemy but when they refused to have God to be the king and they wanted to be a physical king when they refused to want to be led by the spirit the invisible God and wanted to be led by a physical person they had to raise an army and go out there and start killing they wouldn't have had to have done any of that it wasn't the plan of God They weren't willing to render unto Caesar what belonged to his superscription.
Now there's another scripture in Romans 11:4, and it says, "Do not bow the knee to the to the Baal, the God. This is the God of sinfulness, of sinful sex." I think that one of the most dastardly, abominable images, or the kind of pornographer, pornography type of images that have been made available on the internet and available at, at newsstands and available all over the world and are polluting the minds of young people and adults. In my lifetime, I have never looked at pornography. But I, I know what it is just from having read historical things and having read um, in psychology and having understood by the Bible. And I know that there are millions of people that are bound with sexual cravings that are not normal. Some of these same people that have those kind of not normal sexual uh, affections and infections are the same kind of people that the Bible says do not have natural affection for their own children. And these are images, my friends, in the brains of people, the minds of people, that have imprisoned millions and millions of people. They are so bound with this sexual disease that they can't think. That is, that is not in any way saying that there is, there is a sin or a crime in the conduction of, of sexual relationships when it's proper and moral. We are talking about where people carry these things to the absolute extreme and almost everyone that's into it knows what I'm talking about. And you need deliverance today. And it may take more than one of these subedition gnosis to deliver you, but if you want it bad enough, you will let us know and we'll, we'll, we will work for you. That is a curse on the human race. This degree of sexuality that has risen. Oh, of course there will be people who will say, oh, well, it's way worse now than it ever was. Well, if you're talking about it's worse because there are more people on the planet, and exponentially, that is what makes it worse, because instead of a lesser number of people, there's a greater number of people. So it multiplies and becomes the exponential. Yes, that would be true. But just a whole lot of the same kind of gunk that is going on in the sex world today was going on way back when. Sodom, Gomorrah, and even before then. Don't get caught up with that business about something being worse now than it is was earlier, except exponentially via the population. Well, of course, and we've got the broadcast ability to, to send it around faster. But that still doesn't change the fact that it still was getting around. 
You need to be delivered if you are bound by sex. By sex that is a deviator in you. Then it comes at times that you try to be close to God. That it comes at times when you want to promote spirituality. And it robs and steals from you innocence. We want to deal with that today and remove those images out of your brain. And this will be a beginning. You see, in Second Corinthians fifteen forty nine, it says, We have borne the image of the earthly. Let us also bear the image of the heavenly. God is not telling us that we cannot be human, we cannot be earthly. God certainly understands that we are put together as a compound unity. <coughs> we have to render to Caesar what goes to Caesar, but we have to also render to God what goes to God if we are ever to be set free from the bondage that belongs to the limitations of this physical realm. Limitations, all that we make, because by our faith, we can be delivered of them. We can actually be living in these things, and according to the Bible, we can consider ourselves already in a state of resurrection, already in a state of deliverance, already in a state of being saved by His grace. We have borne the image of the earthly. Let us also bear the image of the heavenly. That's the prophecy. Man was created to be made in the image, the plan of the invisible God. Wow. I find that excited. This is the time to enter into a fulfillment of the right kind of desires. To grow your faith. This is the time to experience the greatest spiritual deliverance in the knowledge of God and the love of God that your life has ever known. This is the time. I want to go into a couple other things real fast here before we get into our sub-edition gnosis. I want to talk about your mind, which is a computer. And I'd like to, to compare that with, um, with a computer that we use on the internet or for the internet in this day and this time you know there was a time that the computer the kind of computer we are talking about now was new and very cumbersome the first and actual computer that was created um, was so bulky 
using vacuum tubes, that it took a whole room, a whole the space of a whole large room, to just be able to have all of the parts to make it operate. Well, did you know that there are, in the planning stages and moving at a good circuit of speed, new kind of computers that are on the drawing board. Computers that use quantum intelligence. Computer, computers that are using circuitry and chips that are so small that in a slightly exaggerated kind of way it almost takes a magnifying glass to see them. Things are going to change, folks. They're changing. Why are they changing? Because a lot of the things that are happening, even things that you may be calling negative, I mean, television can be very negative. Movie theaters can be very negative. The idea of movie films. It all depends how you use them. How you view them. How you let them affect your life. If you manage them, they could be providers of tremendous insights. I'm happy for the computer, although I know it's nothing to what it's going to be. The quantum computer is going to be very, very involved with a principle that is like a single cosmic ray piercing all kinds of interference, especially when it gets involved with this use of holographic operations that use lasers. What does this mean? Don't you understand? It's all part of fulfilling the scripture. Constantly when things were being said about what Jesus was doing, he said this was done to fulfill the scripture. Jesus himself used that, that comparative about things that he did, <coughs> functions that he participated in, all part of fulfilling the scripture. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that we from this earth are going to plant the heavens. These computers that we're going to be coming into are all part of that plan. Now, I was talking earlier about how that that there are things on the earth that have a tendency to really disturb and perturb a lot of people. And I can understand people being perturbed by some of the ingredients that are being splashed around. But you have to understand that when you see a some of these things like a caterpillar. A caterpillar is a really, in my opinion, a very ugly, sort of detestable type of critter. And some of these 
insects that fly. They come from really ugly type of, of worms. But then they change because that is just a primal stage. And they pass on into this more beautiful stage where they, they have a lot of outstanding characteristics and features. It's difficult for people to understand that things that are happening in a nation, that things that are happening around about them, are sometimes very ugly, but it's all part of a metamorphosis that is happening that is ultimately going to change things for the better if you can believe that way, if you can pray that way, if your faith can deliver that way. I believe these computers are all part of, in their ugly stages, of ultimately getting us to that stage that's going to coincide itself with space travel faster than the speed of light. Fulfilling the scripture that we will plant the heavens. The computer has often been compared to our minds, to our brain, especially our brains, I should say. And we can see that the original computer was antiquated in the sense that it even is today. And that there's continuous improvements being made and expansion and great uh, capacity to store information and to become almost like a magic wand of information. But the improvement vastly changes the character and the potential of a literal com uh, computer. That same thing is available to us for our brains. So the Bible says the day will come that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Wow. That really gives you a really true revelation of Gabriel with one foot on the sea and one foot on the shore. Of the rendering to the earth what is the earth of the rendering to the sea what is the sea that which belongs to the spiritual is spiritual that which belongs to the earth is earthly so this revelation of the quantum computer that is going to be so sensational that's going to do away with everything that we've got right now in our computers it will not be made anything like that no transistors no wiring Actually, brain works much more similar to our brains. We have that right now if we will render it to God. Okay, there's another thing I want to just shortly, briefly talk on. It's about the eye. Do you know, let's just take a, a kitten if you took and you, a, a newborn kitten was born, say in a day or two, you took and you bandaged one of his eyes, and you left that bandage on for a week or two, scientifically, medically, biologically, it is said that 
that kitten will then end up having very dim vision in that eye that you bandaged the rest of its life. Because sight is being developed during those early periods of time. So it's very, very, very important, very important that the process of cocooning, the process of change, the process of development has its time and its place. Now, that critical period for the eyes, although somewhat differently, applies to humans. Because there are um, periods in the development of the eyes where they are developing what is called the zones of dominance. And this goes on for the first six years in a human's life. It's, It's a very sensitive period. There's an extraordinary part of this revelation how that there is a division in our our sight between the cells that see dots and the cells that see lines and that it is the putting together of these dots and these lines that help us to have our vision when we look at a desk one part of it shows the lines that have to do with the edges. It's very important. Measurement-wise. The other dot type of vision in dotillation can make up the mass of the whole table top. Let's say, for instance, that the, the cells that see the edges of the table or the desk are most likely horizontal vision. And the the cells that are used for other things can only see the edge if it's tilted many degrees away from horizontal. So it's interesting how the world looks through the eyes. There are these neurons that have right-angle receptive fields and neurons that have left-angle receptive fields. Without those kind of neurons, our vision stimuli would be so limited, we would not be anything like we are with our given sight and vision. There are certain things that we look at that will only turn those cells on when the vision of that particular exposure is subjected to those cells and then they turn on instantly and describe or allow it to be described. And those only deal with very primary visual areas. Most people do not know that color, for instance, 
does not exist in the world. It exists only in the eye and the brain of the beholder. Objects reflect many different wavelengths of light, but these light waves themselves have no color. And so this light-sensitive kind of receptors, receptor cells in the retina, together with the rods that see shades of gray, are all part of the various three types of cone color receptors that we have for being sensitive to pigments of red, yellow, green, and blue. What does that have to do with anything that we are talking about on these images? Well, I think that's a pretty good example. How that what is in the retina, which is part of the brain of the eye, what is in the computer, which is a, a good example of our mental capabilities of the brain, all has to do with imaging and our potential capabilities, and that everything is in a flux. And if we get caught up with not understanding change, then we get caught up with not even understanding resurrection and transcendentalization and transfiguration and intercessory aspects. So ladies and gentlemen, Open yourself to this Word of God. Open yourself and understand that God is with us here today and in this moment and is revealing the Bible in a new and living way. And we are coming into a revelation that is going to free us from these images in the mind that has imprisoned God's people as well as well as a whole world of individuals. We were wonderfully made, the Bible says. There's power, power even in the brainstem of our capabilities and brain. From the spinal cord to the medulla, the medulla, to the pons, to the midbrain. We want to take you today on this journey, on this trip, to the, through the cerebellum, to subconsciousness, and loosen you and set you free and give you the power to become a new creature in Jesus Christ. Jesus said it all when he said, with God, all things are possible. I want this word to be breathing in you as an inhalation. I am praying right now for God to open in you the Spirit of God breath. And Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
I've been in meetings in which the Spirit of God has come on me to breathe toward the people, and people have been slain under the power of God. And this breath of God has been so powerful as it has been brought into inhalations into the people that we have witnessed with our own eyes and we have seen with our own eyes this breath of God entering into people <coughs> and taking on an aeration. It has exited through the pores of the legs. And we've seen it move pants, the, 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 the sleeve part, the pant leg part, or, or, or uh, long skirts. We've seen it uh, move them. Someone says, ah, it's impossible. It's impossible to those who can't believe the words of Jesus that says all things are possible. If you can't believe the words of Jesus, then there you are. You are into that disinformation thing. It's an image that is blocking you, imprisoning you. God is dealing to compensate you so that you can correspond mentally in the brain to the power of the Gentile revelation of healing and deliverance that is moving right this moment. The kingdom of God, as I said last week, comes without observation. Why? Because it's all part of the invisible God revelation. I think this thing that I mentioned about number one, the greatest, well, perhaps the greatest setback of all that creates this really bad image is those who have the images of limiting hope. I want to breathe on you right now and breathe that the healing of the virtues of God will go out over this broadcast. I tell you, it's just absolutely amazing the people that have responded with incredible kinds of healing. Very sensational. Not just minor. And I tell you now that God is ready to breathe on you. And we're going to do this before we go into the sub-edition gnosis. I breathe on you now. Sub-edition Gnosis, what is it? Sub-edition Gnosis is entering into the fringe of your subconsciousness. I call it a, a 
slumber, coming into a slumber. Not really a deep sleep, not a trance, just a state of slumber. I recently did this with a group of people, and the whole group just went into this slumber. And uh, the people were not aware that they were in the slumber until I clapped my hands and woke them up out of it. And then different ones expressed surprise that they must have actually somehow gone asleep, but yet they were hearing everything I said. Well, that's along the line of how subaddition gnosis works. And I will take you on this journey with the words that I speak. And then after you are in the subaddition, I will begin to work on removing these false images out of your brain, layer by layer. <coughs> if you do not want to participate in this, it is totally up to your will to participate or not. There is no obligation of any kind involved. We just want to set you free from all these things that we've mentioned. We would appreciate if people would not talk during this time, for you that are in groups. We would appreciate if people would not uh, get their attention on other things. Just close your eyes, listen to this word, to this spiritual prompting that God is doing, and let God have his way. <clears throat> Just relax. Totally relax now. Just totally relax. Spirit of God is beginning to hover over you. The wings of, of healing, the wings of love are spread out over you. Like a throne of mercy, like a throne of care and a throne of love. Relax, just relax. I'm going to take you down now into the realm of your solar plexus, into the realm that is connected through the nerve system <clears throat> to your brain. Begin to relax. Do not be afraid. This is done in the spirit of love. Do not be afraid. Relax. Down now into the solar system, the solar plexus. Where the spirit of your body abides which is the angel of your presence. Just relax. You do not have to know all the answers to everything. Just relax. Just relax. We're going deeper now. It's like floating, suspended and floating. Floating 
and suspended. Suspended and floating. Down, down, deeper, deeper now. Floating down and relaxing. Relaxing and floating down. Deeper, deeper, now deeper. You're getting there, you're close. Spirit is hovering over you. Your muscles and nerves are relaxing. Relaxing more now. There is nothing to be afraid of. It feels so good to be so relaxed, so in the arms of the Lord. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, hovering over you. You're going down deeper now, relaxing more, relaxing, relaxing, getting so comfortable. At this point, you're coming into a stratum as you approach this special place. There are waves like feelings of peace just wanting to flow over you. Waves, wonderful waves of peace and tranquility. And you're coming into these waves and they're going through your neurons and they're going through your body passing through all the cells and the muscles and the nerves. You feel so calm, so calm, so calm, so calm. You're relaxing even more, deeper now deeper. Just let go and let God have his wonderful way. God wants to make you into the image, to the image of good, to the image of God. Just relax. Don't be afraid. You're coming down. You're getting closer. Closer and closer now. Spirit is hovering over you. Relax. That's it. Some of you are already there. Just relax. Just be at peace. Relax. Relax. Be at peace. Just like Jesus when he spoke on the little ship to the sea to be calm and to be at peace. And all the storm ceased. 
Now he is speaking to you. Let the storm in your life cease. Just relax. Be at peace. All the ragings, all the anger, all the fear, let it become dominated by this peace. Covered over by this peace, by this rest, you're entering into this rest of the Lord. You're getting closer and closer now to the solar plexus. You are almost there into this cradle of nerves that are not nervous, but that are functioning as a cradle of messaging ability. From out of this cradle of nerves, there will be messages sent to the body. We will go through this together as you are in this subaddition gnosis. Relax. That's it. That's it. Oh. Keep your eyes closed. Just, just, just relax. That's it. There you are in the cradle of your solar plexus where the spirit of your body abides, where the kingdom of God within abides also. Spirit being the angel of your presence. You are now mentally cuddling with the angel of your presence. Relax. It's wonderful. So peaceful. Relax. Now we move up the spinal column into the the brain stem. We move to the medulla through the pons to the midbrain to the cerebellum There in the cere cerebellum, cerebrium, sensory areas and sensory impulses are already beginning to relate to the motor areas through muscular, gentle passes in association to areas of function that deal with the emotional and intellectual processes of the basal ganglia. Even your limbic system is being touched. These modulating messages are beginning to move as sensations through you. It is the same kind of functions that allows anger and 
pleasure. Now we're sending energy into the serotonin part of your body, the messenger of the serotonin, into the raphinucleus of the brain stem to further induce your relaxation and to begin to regulate your mood and control any part of your mood that would be inhibiting the full operation of this subaddition gnosis. The message is now going out to release a very small amount of dynorphine along with a small amount but larger than the amount of dormant dynorphine, of, dynor of endorphins, based with the smallest amount of dopamine. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to the hypothalamus, begin to regulate the release of hormones by the pituitary gland. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to hypothalamus. From beyond the medulla and the pons and the midbrain, begin to send messages to the thalamus, the hypothalamus, and the pituitary again to be relayed to the thyroid. begin to send messages through the corpus callosum into all of the hemispheres of the brain, including all cortexes and all lobes. Now begin to open the various stacks of memories that have been stored that have to do with images that have created blind spots. So that I can first begin to remove these blind spot images out of the brains of the listeners. Now, electromagnetic energy from my voice is being used like a laser to go into these little cellular shelf areas that store these various kinds of messages that create blind spots. Begin to remove these blind spots by lasering them into oblivion. Yes, I see this happening. Begin to totally 
laser and with the concentration of this of this electromagnetic energy creating it as a laser yes more begin more to totally eradicate those blind spots that's it now go to the area that the body created the blind spots for which were created because the nerves and the body could not stand the aspect of developments that occurred and the relative truths that were connected to those aspects. Now begin to send healing into those areas and strengthen them and begin to change the the gravity of their impress upon the mind so that these disks of information that hold those relative incidents and various types of bits of information are modified of impression to the mind and the body. Make this profound. Courier, whatever hormones that are needed to do this, begin to deal with the hormones to key them by correcting any malformed ones, by giving them the right shape and the right color. Cerebrum, begin to send out whatever message is necessary. Hypothalamus, pituitary, begin to send out whatever messages are necessary. Connect to all of the vital parts through the neurotransmitters, through the boutons. Across the bridges of the synapses, just relax, just relax. Great work is being done here. Now let's go into the images that are imprisoning the potentiations of the, the listeners here today and begin to remove these dark images, profound sexual images that are driving and craving people into despair. Begin to deal with that by eradication I am running into a tremendous amount of this. Increase the energy. Increase the electrodynamics. 
begin to use the lymphatic system, which generally deals with immunity, as a backup to substantiate the strengthening and engendering of the hormones. There are some very thick and broad walls of disc here. Use a very small additive of gamma along with the electromagnetic disking of these very thick, broad, dark, evil, sinister disk of of sexual misbehavior and sexual malfunction. Now there are some walls coming down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. There are some things happening right now. Oh. Babylon is on fire. Wow. Let that continue. Let's move on to these other images. Hurts, angers, fears, doubts, disinformation. Enter now the supreme consciousness of the inter-angel to be able to put in input being part of those angels that will bear up the body at least it dashes movements and decisions against the pricks of nature begin that now angel of the presence Some of you people are beginning to have auras over you. Don't look around, folks. It'll linger for a long time. Some of you people are feeling heat in your body. That's all part of this. Don't be afraid. Begin to go into these areas now, these layers of disc, and we're going to begin to remove the images. Removing them out of the body and binding them like we bind demons into space for ten generations incapable to escape the sphere of space. We're pulling them out and we're throwing them away into that place. Pulling them out. What is not being pulled out is being dissolved by these rays. More and more and more. There's a tremendous job here. Tremendous job. 
I will have to come back and maybe make it two or three sessions. But a tremendous change already is taking place in many of the people. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to hypothalamus, the thyroid to lymphatic gland, the parasympathetic, sympathetic neurotransmission system. Begin to now send messages through all of the transmitters, neural functions that we are now releasing a stop of this energizing to go back to mental functions with this new and relieved mentality capability. We're going to bring you back now. You've been brought back from out of this solar plexus cradle. We're beginning to bring you up now, slowly, slowly rising, increment upon increment, still suspended, still floating, still relaxed, rising higher now, rising higher, you're coming back, coming back, slowly, surely, still relaxed, so relaxed, so peaceful, so full of a healing, Keep relaxing. That's it. That's it. Now you're coming up. Coming up. Uh, we're almost back. We're coming up. Coming up. We're almost back. There you settle down now. Just, yeah, your spirit and your body becoming in place where they're supposed to be at this time. That's it. There you are. I'm going to clap my hands three times, and then you'll totally be out of your slumber of the subedition gnosis. Awake. Praise be God. And so, that's how it works. <clears throat> and over the years, many a person has been delivered. I remember one time I worked on a lady and I took so many images out that she called me on the phone and she says, my mind, my brain, it just, it feels like it's totally empty. It's like there's nothing there. She says, I can't remember a lot of things. I said, well, don't be afraid. I said, uh, as the hormones continue to work to uh, regulate, I said, you well, remember those things that are important to body function and remember the, the things that were not removed. All things will come back into focus uh, once uh, a restacking of these cellular memories are finished. And, of course, within a very short time, she was right back uh, to remembering what she needed to, but having been delivered from all those awful, hurtful memories. It's just wonderful. God bless you for being here. God bless you for listening. I hope you read my latest blog. Um, and I hope you read it deeply and not get in the idea 
that I'm just trying to uh, sell the um, prestige of the United States of America. That is not my purpose. I'm just showing that when God anoints something or chooses a nation or a person for a mission, uh, they will do that mission until uh, it's finished. That's all part of destiny. My wife back at the organ playing for just a little bit as you're just feeling wonderful right now. Feel free to write me on my email. Feel free to write and let me know what you have felt today. God bless you. I love you.